And this, can I ask yeah, you? Yeah. And this maybe uh, binds up very nicely with the next concept that we would like for you to break down a little bit, which is that of the border spectacle. Can you try to explain to us and sure. our listeners what, what you mean by that term? Um, yeah, there were some loose threads from the other series of things that you said that I wanted to come back to, too, about Europe, but let's come back to, we'll come back to, come back to that question. Um, uh, but the border spectacle, um, what I mean by that, simply put, is that we are made to always look to the border as if it was you know, a kind of self-evident physical site at the territorial border. Uh, we're made to look at a scene that is staged for us, like a show, mm. at the border, where you have lots of money and lots of manpower invested in policing borders in the name of controlling borders. And then, you know, uh, we're constantly, sort of, our gaze is constantly directed to this show that says, you know, look, we're being invaded, these people are crossing our borders, we have to keep them out, and we need to dedicate more and more resources and more and more uh, energies toward, you know, toward keeping them out. Um, and what that contributes to is not only that sort of increasing sense of panic among many people that somehow, oh, uh, you know, our country is being invaded mm. by these aliens, yeah. you know. Um, but not, not only does it contribute to that, and it kind of seems to verify, yes, there really is a problem. These people want to come in and take everything good that we have. Um, but it even contributes to the illusion that, you see, they really are illegal. They're really doing something wrong by crossing a border. Um, and the reality is, of course, that the illegality was produced somewhere else. Yes. You know, the illegality was produced by the lawmakers who made the laws, who determined that certain kinds of migration will be considered illegal, other ones will be considered legal. So there's, so there's a kind of hidden underside to this spectacle, which is, on the one hand, that many people cross borders with perfect ease because their mobility is considered legal. Yes. And on the other hand, the fact that even when people are said to be unwanted and branded as illegal, in fact, there's a continuous importation and a continuous refining of the terms and conditions by which they are made to be illegalized people and live those live out the consequences. Just to add a little bit to what you're saying, because I was having this conversation with um, one of the guys I lived with in the camp, and he said to me, it's very funny that if you, if you can't make it to get uh, a visa from your country to fly, um, you take the routes, the water or the desert, and then you get here, you have no chances. Even though you are educated, you have the whole um, education in your country. But the only thing was just that you couldn't afford to get a visa. But when you come here, you have to go through the dehumanizing part, mm -hmm. as in going through the camps and then labeled as a migrant who has no qualifications or who cannot. But someone who is able to fly because maybe he or she doesn't have qualifications, but they have, they're able to get a pass mm -hmm. to come to Europe. They get a very easy way to go. So he's, this person is in a different category. He's in a different category because he came through the road, uh, he came through the sea, his suffering was more, So, but this person was much easier, so he's seen as a very legitimate person mm -hmm. who came in through the country very legitimate. It's very difficult to put these arguments to what is right, who is a legitimate migrant, and to who is not. Mm -hmm. 
just yeah. wanted to add that. Um, no, it raises a, a really important point because this point about having a visa, mm. um, you know, the in the EU, the Schengen visa is virtually impossible for the great majority of mankind to access. <laughs> so to put it bluntly, the Schengen visa works as, you know, as... Um, like you said, like a, like an entry ticket, like a pass, yeah, yeah. a pass to travel. But the fact is that the great majority of humanity has no way to get it, you know. Um, and and even if you have lots of qualifications and um, and things that could work to your advantage, um, consulates will still automatically and systematically view you with suspicion when you try to go get one of those visas. Mm. Uh, particularly if you're coming from a poorer country. Yeah. Right? Now, um, you know, so on the one hand, it, it preemptively, preemptively illegalizes the vast majority of people if they choose to move. Right? So it's a, it, the, the visa system itself contributes to so this machinery a, of producing illegality. Yeah. Right? But the other point, of course, is that, um, you know, the, we're not just talking about a world of countries where every every country is equal. We're talking about a world that has been built upon hundreds of years of inequality. Yes. We're talking about a world in which, you know, a handful of countries in the world have become very rich for hundreds of years based on the exploitation of the labor of the people in exactly the countries that now they say, you're not welcome. Why? Because they themselves went there. Were they migrants? <laughs> you know, they, you know, they were colonizers. Um, and and so in that sense there's a very specific question you know about the rich countries european countries the united states and others uh to which most migrants go yeah. or hope to go yeah. um if uh, if they have the chance and you know and the fact that those countries are deemed to be places where you have better chances uh for a better life uh has everything to do with the fact that they're wealthier countries mm but that's based on a history, right? So to put it in a different way, we could say that historically, the great, great majority of the, peop of the working people who produced the wealth of Europe were not in Europe. No. <laughs> they, you know, they were in your countries, you know. <laughs> well, I, I give you a very simple example because these days I see some sort of advertisements. They, they, they name the most poor countries and then they, they, they can say, well, you can go there now to invest because it's very good for investments. It's cheap labor. And everybody runs there. And because it's cheap labor, they don't pay taxes. How do they intend to raise these people up? The intention is never to, like, up make this book come up in any way, but rather to keep them poor. So that is total exploitation, which you see from all the whole big multinational companies doing it. And uh, they invest in, this in these little countries actually to like exploit from them and then tell us, no, you can come. You have to still remain in your country to keep on doing the shitty job you do. Um, in reality, I never dreamed about being in Europe. I never dreamed about coming to Europe. It just happened. Something brought me here. But now coming to know after so many uh, years, uh, the, the policies that you, your country, uh, your NATO has on top of my country that cannot, for in any way, allow us to succeed. And at the same time, being the one pushing us out, what do you want? I mean, what do Europeans want? <laughs> it's really what I don't understand. Yeah. And at the same time, they make the argument so blurry as if 
it's not people. <laughs> and we're here, we're trying to let them know, okay, even at some point we're asking if the war could be stopped, if all these problems could be stopped, we will go back easily and leave Europe for them. But uh, it becomes a very blurry topic. Yeah. So I want to like ask you in a way, how is it possible to like try to coordinate so that people can actually understand the fact that these countries that actually they're trying to keep away is a direct uh, exploitation that they're doing. That's the why the people are running away. I mean, in a simple terms, if you can. How yeah. is it possible that they can understand this? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, we, can, we can say it in simple terms, but, it, um, but there's a lot to say. <laughs> so uh, um, there's not a short answer. But, but again, part of, the, you know, part of the problem is that for now, you know, roughly 500 years, mm. approximately speaking, um, it's been precisely on the basis of slavery, mm. colonialism, genocide, uh, and lots of warfare yeah. that, you know, we've consolidated the world order that we have today, right? Um, and an interesting fact is that for the biggest part of that time, most of the countries in the world today didn't exist as countries. Instead, you had you had empires yes. that then swept up within their control big parts of the, of the face of the earth and big parts of humanity. Um, and you know, and in that sense, again, you know, we had a we had a very different world order, um, you know, not too long ago. And it's only as a consequence in a, of develops, developments in the course of the 20th century that we now have come to see it, the, the idea of the, the nation-state, the, the state that is territorially defined and equated with some notion of a nation, which is always a fabrication, always a falsehood. But this notion of a nation-state that has become uh, completely... Uh, the norm completely universalized on a global scale mm. as the only way for political life to be organized, right? Which means that it's precisely since the end of World War II and since the end of colonialism in mm -hmm. the classic sense that we've seen the whole world remade on the model of nation states, states. with borders, right? And suddenly that means that, um, you know, people, you know, have been, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a slogan in the, um, in the Mexican-American civil rights movement um, in the United States. We didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. <laughs> you know? but that's true. And that's exactly what's happened to the whole, the whole of humanity. We, you know, all, everywhere in the world, we've been crossed by borders. Mm. Um, you know, and that's really the product of a very recent history. Right? So, um, but then from, from that point of view, you've got... You know, you've also got the the inequality among different states and different borders because because um, because the border that's been been drawn around Europe, this new Europe, so-called new Europe, um, in the last you know twenty twenty five years, um, is effectively a a color line. Yeah. It's effectively a kind of apartheid system, reinstated on the scale of the globe in you know, redefining the relationship of the European countries to the places that were formerly colonized by them um, in a way that says that the vast majority of people from those places are somehow unwelcome and unwanted. Um, and, you know, and it's as if somehow history has been erased. We, you know, we're, we're sort of being invited to sort of forget the, the hundreds of years of interconnection and involvement and um, mutual 
uh, implication, yeah, the relationship between Europe and all these places. Right? Um, so, so again, the um, you know, the one fact is that capitalism operates on a global scale. The exploitation of labor and the investment of money, um, you know, operates with very few borders. And on the other hand, uh, the production of borders is part of a process of of uh, subordinating labor to the demands of capital. Mm-hmm. So when capital needs people to move, it arrange it makes arrangements for people to be able to move um, with great ease. When it you know, but but more of the time. Um, you know, it introduces a variety of ways in which there are there are obstacles, there are impediments, there are borders that that allow for people's movements to then condition the terms under which they're able to operate in the marketplace as workers. Um, and you know, and so then illegality ends up, you know, being very productive in the way that I was suggesting earlier. But it's always a process of illegalization, of being, you know, bordered, if you'd like, uh, of being crossed by borders, you know, that, that then reshape these inequalities.